Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today we've got a satisfying power washer malicious compliance story. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, fire me for BS? Okay, let me waste your time. So I worked at a big box store. I worked there for almost two years. While working there, upper management liked to try and bully me, but a lot of people didn't like it because I worked hard and I would stand up for myself. On many occasions, they would set me up to break policy and get mad when I didn't, and told them I wouldn't do it because I would get fired. So COVID hits, I get pregnant, a manager has me take leave, and gets it approved because I was already really sick. And with all the cases, she didn't want me to get COVID as well. I wasn't the only person to have someone help me do this, but with me, it was a problem. Even though I was on leave, I was being called daily by managers wondering when I would get back, and that I should just tough it out. Being in an already stressful situation, I miscarried and when they found out, they pretty much demanded I come back because you're not pregnant anymore so you should be okay. I go back since they ended my leave so I had to, but I still hadn't recovered and had to take some days off. During COVID, absences were supposed to not count against you but I was fired due to them. They refused my doctor's notes which I also learned they weren't supposed to do. Well, I don't go back there, but I go back to get some stuff, and people are asking why I was fired. I tell them, and they get mad. People have had five times as many absences than I did and are still there, and every doctor's note is accepted. Well, at this time they're struggling because people are quitting due to them being horrible. They ask me to come back. So I do. They don't realize I'm pregnant. I wait to tell them until I start showing and I get a doctor's note stating I can't be standing too long during work and can only do so much. They can't deny it. I work up until the point I give birth, get my 12 weeks paid, and immediately quit. They thought when they hired me they would get the hard worker they used to have. But no, I timed it all so I could waste their time, get paid maternity leave, then quit literally the day before I came back. Don't fire people for BS and then beg them to come back when you realize you needed them. They should be so lucky considering they fired somebody in a very not so legal way. Also hi, I'm Steven and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit that subscribe button down below. That said, our next story is Never Cross the Trolley Dolly. Many years ago, I worked on the UK railways as a food server taking food up and down the train offering tea and coffee. On this particular occasion, I was required to work a train from Birmingham to Edinburgh, then pass back. This means just travel back to your original destination without working or assisting the team on board. As I got on board the train at the front first class section, and I was in full uniform, so you have to portray a professional image at all times, I was stopped by a passenger in first class and they asked if I was serving. I tried to explain that I'm not and your server was just setting up their section and would be along shortly. I was heading to help the assistant in the main body of the train, bigger section. So the lady 
She is a very well-known person traveling with another person and security staff was sat at their table eating smoked salmon out of a package, stuffing it into little bread rolls. She threw a Scottish 20-pound note on the table and said, Go get me a bag of quavers from the onboard shop. I explained their service would be starting shortly, and the server will provide snacks for you, to which I was told to just get me the quavers. Cue the malicious compliance. I politely said no problem and set off down the train, dragging my carry bag and equipment with a smile plastered on my face, heading for the shop thinking, okay, I can do this. As I'm walking away from the lady, I clearly heard her say to her companion, what a horrible man. I just want to get rid of this Scottish 20 pound note. I add the train was returning back south of the border. Not many locations like to accept Scottish notes, even though they are perfectly legal tender. Well, I thought I'm doing you a favor and you're rude, so as a polite member of staff, I head to the shop, purchase the crisps and get the customer's change. I then swap the staff's three UK five pound notes for the three Scottish ones I have, plus my loose change. I returned to the customer and gave them their crisps and change to which they protested. I wanted my change in English notes, to which my response was, we're just leaving Scotland. What money did you expect me to have? As I spun on my heel and walked off with a massive grin on my face, I also caught the smile on her security staff's face with a look of touche. Lesson to learn, never cross the trolley dolly. I get trying to be sneaky and breaking out of a currency you don't really want to have, but it goes without saying you don't have to be rude. Our next story is, you're gonna berate me and tell me to get a new job? Fine, I quit. Since my last story garnered some attention, I thought I'd post this one as well. Back when I used to work at McDonald's, they would treat me so terribly, I would work extremely hard with very little gratitude. I was only on 13 Australian dollars an hour at 15 to 16 years old, but even so, I had put my absolute all into what I did. I would run stock, take orders over the headset while packing orders done in the front, rush back up to the booth and cash the orders, etc. We were timed, and my times would always be under the maximum limit, unless we were in a rush. I'd have been working there for around 9-10 to 10 months at this point, and slowly losing my sanity every single shift I did. The managers and staff were terrible, but the worst person was the store manager. She would get angry at me for things that would be completely out of my control. If a customer changes their mind at the payment window, we need the manager to come in and give us a code to remove it from the screen. The managers would refuse to give us their codes to use during a rush. So they had to run up to my booth from the front to get rid of an item from an order. So many times I had customers change their minds at the window and I'd ask over the headset for a code and my store manager would scream at me from down the front then walk up to my booth and berate me for making me use her code saying, you need to learn how to take orders right, when it wouldn't even be my fault. She'd also scream at me if I accidentally brought down the wrong stock or if I was too slow in getting stock. Usually I'd be busy cashing cars and taking orders during the busy rushes. She would even make me come into work on days I requested off due to my hip dysplasia or other back problems playing up and she would threaten me with getting fired if I didn't come into work, making me work through my pain so I wouldn't get much time to myself that wasn't just laying in bed at home in pain. So back to the story, after a very long 8am to 4pm shift, I was up in the drive through booth at around 3.58pm 
two minutes before my shift was over. We were dead as we usually were at the time, and I was just kicking around waiting for my shift to end. I got a text from my mom asking if I needed picking up from work, so I took out my phone and texted back a simple, yes please, and put my phone away. At this point, it's important to mention that there was a camera in the top right corner of my booth, so if a manager looked, they could see what I was doing. Not even a second after I put my phone away, my store manager started to talk over the headset. OP, what are you doing right now? I said waiting for cars. Why? They said that's not a good way to use your time. How about you get off your phone and do what I freaking pay you to do? Or you can go get a different job. I was really upset. I started to cry but was holding in tears because I didn't want to be seen. She'd called me out over the headset where everyone else in the store who was wearing a headset, everyone, could hear. To add some more clarity as to why I was so upset, there were three girls who were heavily favored and they would often just sit in the crew room for sometimes up to an hour on their phones and no one said anything to them. They were terrible workers too but since they were favored they got the best treatment. When it was time to clock off, I just left and started bawling my eyes out because of the embarrassment. I worked my butt off with no gratitude for months. But the second I texted two words to my mom, I get scorned. My mom was worried and very angry. This is where my malicious compliance comes in. When I got home, I remember what she said about finding a different job. So I wrote a very lovely email to the shift manager that went like this. Hi shift manager. I've decided after a lot of thought that I'll be resigning from my casual position effective immediately. I've had a few experiences over the past few months that haven't been very positive and I believe the best option for me is to resign. I appreciate and thank you for all the opportunities you've given me over the past year or so. Thanks heaps, OP. Ten minutes later, I get three phone calls from the store manager but I wouldn't pick up. Then the shift manager also didn't pick up. I was absolutely fuming. So I did what she asked me to do, find a new job. I was told by my best friend who was working at the same store that the store manager had been going around saying I called her terrible things and that I was a horrible little brat who wouldn't listen to her rules. I laughed and said, well, it's a good thing I'm not working there then anymore. While on my job hunt around two weeks later, I got a call from the shift manager saying that the store manager had been relocated, but later fired due to a staff complaint, and wanted to know if I'd come back because of how good of a staff member I was. Due to the lack of work at the time and needing money for teenager things, I went back and did the worst job I possibly could, basically just screwing everyone around and being a lazy POS. This was because I'd been called and asked to come back with promises that things had changed and the new store manager would be better. Being 16, I fell for the corporate talk and I went back, which resulted in them treating me even worse and even refused to give me the day off for my grandma's funeral. They screwed me around so I screwed them around in return while looking for a new job. Then quit again two months later for my current job at a Mexican place. The best part was that I put the store manager down as a reference, and when my employer contacted her about me, she hung up the phone on them. I explained what happened, and we all laughed and I got the job. Screw McDonald's. I just don't understand how you can treat somebody who's 16 like that. I get it's business and there's a job to do, but I mean these are just kids. This next story is, you don't talk to me? 
That's fine. You're all suspended. A bit of backstory. When I was at this job, everyone was kind and nice and we were just a great team. We had a chill management team apart from one. Let's call her Judith. Judith loved writing people up and making our lives heck. Although she was just an assistant manager, she would always jump at the opportunity to manage the team for a few days if the main manager is off. Let's call this manager Bob. Bob is an easygoing person. You wouldn't really see him that often, but he was overall chill. Now, we could always handle Judith, as any complaints or write-ups, etc. that she processed had to be approved by Bob or the regional manager. Let's call him Joe. Joe was the coolest guy ever. He was super freaking rich too. His wife was a realtor at a massive company. She was the COO, chief operating officer at it, and she was super nice too. Back to Joe, he wasn't just a chill manager, he was also a really great guy. He would bring us all out for beer, department with 30 plus people, on someone's birthday, and would approve basically any vacation requests if you were on the right side of him, and overall he was just a lovely boss. Now, my job was a pretty important tech job. I was in a sub-department with 4-5 to people. We made sure that the major systems, product inventory system, point of sale system, website, etc. were up and running, and we controlled the servers that were connected to them all. What we didn't manage was the employee systems. Email, ticketing, employee portal, etc. That was another sub-department. Now, as I was saying, we could handle Judith because basically none of her crap write-ups and complaints got listened to by Bob or Joe. Now, on this particular month, Bob was celebrating his 35th anniversary, and Joe was sick in the hospital. Worst timing, I know. We all mentally prepared ourselves for Judith's wrath. This time, we were informed by Bob that any write-up, department change, or complaint didn't have to be approved by them as Joe was also gone. We thought no big deal and we'll just get Bob to clear them when we come back. On to the story. We're gonna take it day by day. Day 1, Judith was camping at the door. Anyone who was in after 9am was written up. I was luckily in there at 9 on the dot, so was everyone else since we were used to Judith's shenanigans by now. I was talking to my buddy in the main software and tech department. He told me she was in there all day focusing on this one guy, let's call him George. I knew George quite well. He was a family friend, and for some reason Judith never liked him. She wrote him up five times for crappy reasons like, on cell phone during work time, making work environment unsanitary and unsafe for other employees. He left an empty plastic bottle on his desk for about an hour, etc. Did I mention he was... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Joe's son, day two, Judith was in our department today focusing on my colleague, let's call her Michelle. 
Michelle is the sweetest person in the world and would never do anything to hurt or ruin anything of anyone's. And she's just a genuine and sweet person. Judith found nothing and when Judith confronted Michelle, she said she didn't know what she wanted. And Judith filed a complaint for back chat. Judith then hosted a department-wide meeting, so main tech slash software and the seven sub-departments. She told us that we needed to stop being so rude to her just because she's a woman, blah blah blah. That night, I sent a message onto the management-free group with everyone from the department saying not to engage with Judith. We can't get written up by her for rudeness or disrespect if we don't talk to her. Day 3. Cue Malicious Compliance On day 3, we all come in. The day starts as usual. We all come in at the right time so Judith had no one to write up. We head to our departments and begin work as usual. Judith wasn't focused on someone from my department, so lucky us. At about midday, we hear Judith going ape poop at someone from the department that managed the employee systems because they weren't talking to her. She kept going on and on at him, but still no response. Finally, Judith gave him one last chance before announcing to the entire department that they're being suspended for sexism and disrespect. Our room was next to their one, so we heard everything crystal clear. Then, to Judith's surprise, everyone gathers their things and leaves without a word. I didn't get to see the look on her face, but I bet she was livid. Then she moved on to my department. She came in and told us that we have to do all the work for the other department, as they're all suspended. And to her dismay, no one batted an eye at her. Out of the corner of my eye, I could see her face going dark red. Until she got up on a chair and started screaming at us all, then counting down from 10. All of us knew what was coming, so we slowly began to log out of our things and pack up, without being too obvious. By the time she got to 1, we were all ready to leave. Can you guess what was coming? If you said you're all suspended, you would be correct. We then left. I messaged my buddies in one of the other departments, and she did the same thing. Turns out she did it to 5 out of 6 departments. The one she left was the least useful department, customer services. Yes, it's an important one, but not nearly as important as financial, development, etc. None of us went in, bar customer services, until we got a message from Bob asking why none of us are in work. It was the day he came back. We told him we were all suspended. He asked why, and we told him the genuine reason. He was absolutely furious at Judith and proceeded to call us all in for a staff meeting. It was really front row tickets to Judith's downfall. He proceeded to criticize her for all her false write-ups, accusations, and how she's done barely any of the roles that the assistant manager should be doing. He then fired her. Bob made us turn all the systems onto auto mode and gave us Friday off. What an awesome man. You gotta love hearing a story about good, actual bosses, it's just, it sucks that they had to be away for so long. Our next story is, take any and all no heats? Yes sir! A bit of background, I work in the customer care department, the call center at a local HVAC, appliance, plumbing, and electrical company. If you're in the Livingston slash Wayne slash Washtenaw County area in Michigan, you've probably seen our vans all over the place. And, like most HVAC companies out there, we schedule our service calls based on a priority system. If you've ever been asked how old your furnace slash AC is, if the company you're calling installed it or not, 
They're trying to find out what priority you are. Our priority list is as follows. Priority 1. Our installs and our priority service perk club members in a no heat, no cool or no hot water situation. Priority 2. Any customer with 10 plus year old equipment. Any person who's come into our building's parts department to request service. And any employee recommended customer must be in a no heat, no cool or no hot water situation. Priority 3. Any previous customer with under 10 year old equipment in a no heat, no cool or no hot water situation. Priority 4. New customers with under 10 year old equipment in a no heat, no cool, no hot water situation. And any non-emergent calls, i.e. the unit is noisy or a customer needs a tech to change a filter. Things that aren't, oh god it's 20 degrees out and I can't get my furnace to work and it's freezing, please help me. Now this can be a bit flexible, and it doesn't take things like the carriers, the brand we sell, warranty requests into account, but it's a fairly standard guide. So we can get to the customers who already paid us a crap ton of money, and customers who we can sell new furnaces to, before handling people who are probably not going to purchase a new furnace through us. I.e. they're gonna just want repairs or they'll end up calling their manufacturer to get the repair covered under warranty instead of going through us. We also run Monday to Saturday for regular service calls, though Saturdays are usually a lighter day because it's Saturday and we know our techs don't want to work a full day on a Saturday. Can't blame them, I don't either. Each tech also usually gets about 3-4 to four calls on Saturday versus 6-7 to seven on Monday to Friday. Also, all names have been changed for privacy, so I don't get busted if this gets famous. Now, on to the malicious compliance. To set the scene, it's Saturday morning around 9am, and the call center is about 5 minutes away from getting slammed with calls because it's the first cold day of the fall slash winter in Michigan, around 30 degrees to give you an idea, and we're currently accepting priorities 1 and 2 for Saturday's schedule. All others are being booked out to the following week. Suddenly, an email pops up from our HVAC manager, Tommy. It says, per Ken, our owner, we're open to all service calls today. We are panicking in the office because that means we have to take anything and everything that comes in, non-emergent or otherwise. Our dispatcher Eliza texts Tommy to make sure that he's serious, and it turns out that he is. Take anything that comes in. We have to be aware that this is one of the coldest days so far and be sympathetic to that, he replied. This isn't the first time our owners tried to pull one of those say yes to everything moves. And since our call center isn't answering her phone, we decide to say, screw it. You want anything that comes in? You got it. Almost immediately after we sent that text, we were slammed by customers calling in. Mostly new furnaces that were under other companies' warranties that had no heat and non-emergent calls like noisy furnaces and filter changes. We took every single one of them. By the time our manager Megan had woken up to see the crap storm, about an hour after Tommy had sent his email, we'd already filled up the schedule, each tech having about 7 calls each. Unfortunately, Megan had told us to close the schedule down and book anything else we got in from Monday or after. But that hour of saying yes to every customer was cathartic. 
Part of me wishes that Megan would have let it continue, because unfortunately both Tommy and Ken tend to pull this stuff every time we switch over from heating to cooling, and they need to see what happens when you take everything and say yes to every customer's request. However, I also know that it's important to get that back on track so our customers don't get screwed over. This next story is, you want me to clean your side path? No problem. So, a few years ago, I was helping to lay a new concrete driveway at my mother's house. Some of the runoff water ran into the neighbor's side pathway, leaving a slight discoloration. A simple wash would have removed this, but the neighbor complained and told us we had to clean it up. Now, this is fair enough, but they weren't very polite in asking us about it, especially when we had no idea that it had happened. Anyway, I agreed to clean the path for them, so I got the power washer and started at the front of the house. The path had not been cleaned in a long time, so the power washer was making a noticeable difference. Up the path, I went doing a very thorough job of getting all of the years of grime off, including the slight concrete slurry from our work. I continued up to the point where the runoff started, and then I stopped. I left a perfectly etched line that made it really obvious just how filthy the path was before I washed it. Up it went, up the side of the house, plain to see. I'd cleaned up every last bit of concrete runoff and made that pathway shine until it didn't. They couldn't really complain as it wasn't my job to clean the entire path, and I'd cleaned all the concrete runoff as agreed. My mother doesn't get along with them at all, so she was happy with the result, even though she didn't originally want me to clean it for them. Honestly, with a pressure sprayer, I would just have an urge to want to finish the job, leaving just a little strip. Our next story is, complain to whomever I want? You bet! Some background, the last school year's been challenging for me at work. I'm an English high school teacher, not in the US, and the work environment at that school has been going from bad to worse as the school year progressed. Our principal has created a very hostile and toxic work and learning environment that has made many young teachers leave, even at the start and middle of the year, very uncommon in my country. I, 32-year-old male, and many of the other teachers have felt bullied and oppressed. Our complaints went unheard and ridiculed, with the principal targeting many of us, young and experienced teachers alike, for public shaming sessions and my turn came last week. I asked for a meeting with her to discuss my desire to go back to university next year to complete my thesis, which would have resulted in me taking Tuesdays off. All teachers in my country get a day off, which is usually for us to choose. As soon as I walked in, she called the pedagogical administrator and they both started a 30 minute shaming session. I was told that I'm a lousy teacher, my classes are boring, They never attended any of the classes, that I've conspired to ruining English teaching at our school, and that students, parents, other teachers, and administrators have been complaining about me. She wants teachers to work full-time, which she knows I planned on doing anyway, and have been asking for it for two years, and advised me to take a break from teaching, unpaid leave. I was shocked and speechless. In my three years at that school, I received only praise from everyone I worked with. My students, their parents, and the colleagues love me, to which I have written proof. The following day, I went ahead and turned in my notice. She called me a liar. I told the other teachers what happened as they saw me coming out pale and on the verge of tears out of her office. 
and said that I couldn't take criticism. She's also started lying about me to colleagues and other school principals. They all know me and told me. She also told me to complain to whomever I want. Cue malicious compliance. Following excellent advice I got on Am I the Jerk, I waited to file the complaint until I secured a new position. However, I decided to follow that last bit of advice from her. I sent it to whomever I thought might be interested, the regional English teaching inspectorate, the regional general inspectorate, the teachers union, any other official and inspector I knew in my country's ministry of education, and the best part, every teaching college and program in a 200 kilometer radius, which included the most prominent and largest education programs in my country and area. Fallout, the principal had to beg the ministry to send them new teachers, as quite a few of us left at the end of last year. Most of the poor English teachers she did get contacted me via mutual friends and colleagues asking me for help getting new positions, as the work environment had only gotten worse, a request to which I gladly obliged. The complaint itself didn't impact the principal professionally, but she will have a pretty difficult time filling positions for the next few years. A few colleagues from that school will join me next year as they kept calling me to vent about the worsening conditions there, so I just told them to send me their CVs, which my coordinator was more than happy to receive. As for me, I found a wonderful school outside of my city where I could rediscover my love of teaching. Not only have I found a place where I feel good, but I also found a second job. I now teach at my local college, where the hourly rate is five times my school salary. I've also found the courage to start something I always wanted to do, move to another country, which I'm on track to do in 2024. So much better being free of this person than having to put up with their toxicity. And it's so nice that OP took that advice and just reported them around to whoever could possibly step in here or have a chance to. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.